to be honest i never actually say this but being a man is hard sometimes like it can be very very tough and some of the things that you see can make it seem like it's a very very tough thing to be but at the same time you know one of the more interesting things is the babes not just some of the things that the babes do but even talking about the babes but I will get to that because that is mostly what makes up this episode but before I get into any of those perils I want to bring up a story that I found to be particularly interesting. Now, about 2-3 days ago, three mermaids in California saved a drowning scuba diver while participating in a nearby mermaid training course. And hold up. Like something doesn't make sense here. Are they actually mermaids like Aquaman, Ariel type shit? or are they training to be mermaids or are they transitioning cuz honestly like i'm trying to wrap my head around all of this because are these actual mermaids now don't get me wrong the idea of being picked up by a couple of fine gals you know when you're drowning you know first of all you start thinking that you're in heaven then at some point you realize oh shit heaven was never preached as something that had fine babes and tails cuz how do you get to the booty like those are some of the things that i be worrying about cuz like the fact that there were actual mermaid women that picked him up was probably a little profound because i'm trying to think about how if i was to go for a trip to the us of a i'm in cali and i decide to you know go for a swim and i drown and a couple of fine babes in mermaid looking costumes decided to pick me up i'd be a little bit suspicious of whether i'm in cali or whether i'm in heaven plus also trying to tell that story to people might be a little bit hard cuz people would not believe you for shit although let me just read the story for you for a little bit so three mermaids off the coast of california have rescued a drowning diver quoting that they are quote unquote not just pretty tails and nails the mermaids were participating in a nearby mermaid training course when they spotted the unconscious diver and took action saving his life like these are actual people that refer to themselves as mermaids like when you get to the point where you're like we're not just pretty tails and nails you like some of us like toes and this is very very misleading information but before i got on to recording while i was prepping for this i decided to actually go and do a little bit of research now i stumbled onto an article of a mermaid man and it says and i quote 10 years after he first tried on the set piece in his apartment, Laughlin, 40 years old, is a full-time merman, part of a hub of mermaid enthusiasts in Southern California who inhabit personas that express everything from a yearning for childhood play and entertainment to environmental advocacy and gender identity. End quote. So essentially these are actual people that believe in being a mermaid. <sighs> okay. I guess the whole fantasy of me getting head from, you know, a human fish is kind of not going to happen considering that I was being told a fish's head is one of the best parts of a fish, but maybe I kind of got that whole statement wrong. But at least what I do know that I didn't get wrong was this podcast which I probably should have started in a more typical fashion. Why I start by saying Welcome to Break Time on West Side, your number one break time podcast coming to you from Nairobi, Kenya. The man on the mic is a man who does not want his girlfriend to be a mermaid cuz I want to tear that ass up and not have to deal with the scales in between. Although now that I think about it, if I do dump her, then technically there will be plenty of fish in the sea. It is none other than your tall, dark and mildly handsome man, Sir Denver B. The show is Tweet Street, the show where we take a deep dive into Twitter, pull up a couple of tweets and break them down a little bit. Now as usual if you know the drill then you can repeat it after me if you don't know the drill is so okay, I'm a say it and if you know the drill but you don't want to say it is still okay 
because it relates to how it is that you can contribute to the making of these episodes by submitting the many tweets that you see on social media platforms, not just Twitter. And it's a very simple drill. It almost sounds like a song and it goes like this. You see that tweet, you like that tweet. You want us to discuss that tweet, you send that tweet. You send it to the DMs of Atbagaka, the D, which happens to be my personal Twitter handle. And I will take it from there and I will handle it accordingly on Facebook and on IG. If it happens to be a screenshot, a screen grab and so on, then the place to send it to is the DMs of Atbreaktime on West Side on either Facebook or on IG. And I will take it from there and I will handle it accordingly. Now, I have to be very honest. I actually do want to do about four tweets. Normally, I do about three. But you know what? I was feeling a little bit different today. So I'll try and brush through most of what I have to talk about before I get into the tweets real quick. Now, first of all, it has been confirmed that the world now has over 8 billion people. This was a confirmation that was made this week. And I'm going to be very honest. I feel like we already crossed 8 billion a long time ago. If we didn't have a lot of the the war in Russia and Ukraine, and if Future and Elon Musk actually confirmed the number of kids that they had, we'd have probably hit 8 billion people by probably around March, if not earlier than that. But either way, it is good that we are now confirmed to be over 8 billion. The only problem is, considering that most of us are actually adults as opposed to kids, we have a looming population crisis. It's just that people don't want to talk about it or people don't want to acknowledge that such a thing exists, especially when you have 8 billion people. But considering that Nick Cannon, Future and Elon Musk have been addressing the issue, I don't think it will be a looming crisis for very long, so I will leave that one aside. Now, according to a report by Bloomberg Business, apparently Moet is running out of champagne as demand for the champagne soars. Now, according to the Moet Hennessy CEO, Philippe Schaus, they say that the global reopening has released pent-up demand with stocks of some top champagnes likely to remain low until the new year. End quote. Now, essentially what they're trying to say is, because COVID restrictions have been released and, you know, people have been told, you know, you can go outside for I don't know how long, apparently supply of Moet is low. Of which, I don't know, maybe I could have blamed this on Nigerians and celebrating shit or I could have blamed it on rappers. But this is absolute bullshit. Rappers and Nigerians have been celebrating with Moet for a very long time. And COVID restrictions were sort of pulled down a while ago. Like maybe 18 months ago or some shit for people. Like for us to say that they're running low on supply now, this sounds like some manufactured bullshit. Like... I was even checking the comments of this story on IG and people were like, you know what, I live around the Champagne region in, I think it was France, and you know, stocks are good. So this is absolute bull. And yes, maybe you can argue that these guys only go for the highest quality, which is bull. Champagne actually comes from the lowest quality of grapes. But to think about someone saying that there's a shortage of champagne, like... That's just bull. This is someone just trying to drive up demand so that they can hike up the prices and shit. Because what better way to increase demand than to actually create an artificial demand that you've manufactured so that people think that there's a shortage. Because let's be honest, I don't think there's a shortage. And even with the Nigerians and the superstars popping bottles and shit, and with all the celebrations including Kenya's elections and everything, I do not think people are actually buying that much more champagne. I actually feel like it might be decreasing with a rise of inflation. So to some degree, maybe this is his way of fighting inflation. I don't know. 
Either way, it just sounds like absolute bull. And I do not think it deserves the light of day, so I will leave it at that and I will move it on to the tweets. But before I get to that... Ladies and gentlemen, do you ever wish you or your man's beard game went up? Do you ever dream of feeling a full beard? Do you simply want a beard that looks and smells good? If you said yes to some or all of the above, Accentu is the experience for you or your man. Their amazing beard oil is set to revolutionize the market through the use of tested and approved organic ingredients that will make the No Shave November squad not only look ruggedly appealing, but also smell cool and dominant. Get your first bottle for 15% off with their No Shave November deal through the link in the description below and allow you or your man's beard to finally say thank you. Now, back to the episode. Alright, on to the very first tweet of this episode. The lady that you saw dancing for kids in the hospital has landed an ambassadorial job and a four-day trip to Zanzibar. Another lady who nicknamed the deputy president landed a job in the office of the deputy president. Then there's a man who mimics the deputy president but was unable to pay fees worth 10,000 bob. Men, you're alone. Okay, so I kind of think that it's true but I don't want to approach it in a very pessimistic way because the way it's been framed is a very pessimistic manner which isn't entirely the case. I think to a certain degree, yes, she is saying the truth but I don't think it's because men are alone. Because when I first saw this tweet, when I first actually sort of engaged with it and thought about it, it brought back quite a lot of memories. And of course, yes, there is quite a lot of truth that's said here. And I have experienced it firsthand, especially this year and more so with IG, because there was a point in time when I was trying to grow myself and I put in so much time, so much effort into trying to make funny content, you know, something that would be very engaging and I'd barely get anything. And a babe would literally go and post up a character with like three four five pictures of herself with a little bit of booty and a nice dress and the likes would be great you get like 50 extra followers a week and everything and i'd barely even struggle to get to 10 so to think about it yes it does seem particularly true but it's not the entire thing because i realized that being in the media and being profitable in the media actually sort of requires some things that guys might not be particularly well suited for because like first of all we have visual stimulation babes are by design visually stimulating and babes will support other babes so even though the picture doesn't look that great, there's some guy that will definitely look at the babe and be like, oh my goodness, she's beautiful. And at the same time, there's a bunch of other babes that for just about any picture, for any reel, they're like, oh my goodness, babes, you're so gorgeous, blah, blah, blah. Because of the whole empowerment and female support and shit, which kind of works. With a guy, you have to be at the extremes of interesting, funny, controversial and so on for you to even get attention in the first place. Because not unless if you're doing something that is universally loved and praised, which can make it quite profitable, kind of like what David Moyo usually does with the dancers for the birthdays and everything. For the most part, guys have to do like 10 times more work just to get the same kind of attention that a lot of females do on social media. And it's an unfortunate reality, but at the end of the day, because men aren't particularly made to be the most visually appealing people and were not particularly visually desired by other men, 
it means that the amount of support that we get is already a lot less than we probably already would want. So to a certain degree, it's sort of our fault, but it's also not our fault. Then at the same time, you kind of have to remember that female empowerment has actually played a pretty big part in a lot of these successes because when you look at the idea that, you know, the lady who was dancing for the kids in the hospital, on one end, that's the humanitarian appeal for it because it's like, oh, you know, these kids are very disaffected, you know, they're not in the best state. So this lady actually goes ahead and tries to make them happy, which is a great thing. Then on the other hand, you know, it means that if you're doing something great for kids and there's NGOs that are into that shit, then you become like a good machine for them to use to propel their agenda and everything, which kind of does work in this lady's appeal. Now, of course, there is the fact that, you know, bringing up women always seems like a much better thing to do publicly. So when you look at the lady who got the, the job just because she gave the deputy president the name Rigigi, like you can kind of see where her being given a job had a certain level of public appeal to it, as opposed to the guy getting a job as well. Now, at the end of the day, women are going to be empowered by a lot of corporations and geos and shit as opposed to guys and we kind of have to accept that. The only thing is for us as guys, I guess we're just gonna have to accept that being in the media space requires that one, we do something that is mainstream positive so that we can make more money from it and two, we make sure we are the absolute best at what it is that we do so that we can actually succeed. That's just my two cents on it. So I'd like your thoughts on what it is that we can do as guys as well. Now, all that said and done, I will leave it at that and I will move it on. So on to our very next tweet of this episode. Don't skip your whole phase. It'll come back and haunt you when you're married. So to be honest, I actually usually hate it when babes tell this to other babes because it was actually a woman that tweeted this. The whole, oh, you know, don't skip out on your whole face. Oh, you know, get into your whole face. Go get some dick, blah, blah, blah. Like, I usually hate it when babes tell this to other babes. And I sort of have my reasons for it. And yes, why don't you hate it when guys tell it to other guys? I guess it's probably because I know why guys will tell other guys to go and get pussy after they've gotten out of a breakup. And it makes sense. There's a certain you know, restoration of your mate value that kind of comes in, which I can sort of understand as a guy, because it's not that you're an unattractive person that you've been dumped, you were dumped or you got out of the relationship because it just wasn't bad. So you go out there, you pull babes left, right and center, and you assert your mate value by banging those babes. That makes a ton of sense. Now, of course, you can argue this out for guys on why it's good and where it's bad, but on the babes, like, I just see nothing but bad. And yes, maybe you might look at me as a misogynist of sorts, and, you know, that's entirely a you thing. But my issue is, women hold the keys to sex, and the demand for pussy is always going to be there. Like, not unless if you're in a party full of gay dudes. Of which, either way, there's definitely one dude there that's probably bi. So there is some level of demand for pussy. Like, when I think about it, when you're telling a babe who just got out of a relationship to go and bang a bunch of other dudes, it's like you're dropping her mate value even more by one, increasing the number of bodies that she has on her record, of which yes, it doesn't exist, but still, niggas can talk, and two, it does kind of decrease her ability to pair bond, which isn't a good thing. 
like there's the whole statistical research and everything about oh you know over 10 bodies the ability to pair bond blah 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 but at the end of the day her ability to pair bond is a lot weaker than my ability to pair bond so i can bang a lot more women than she can men before my ability to pair bond kind of goes away but even though we were to throw my opinions and my thoughts on it away, the biggest problem with telling people to get into their whole phases or they'll regret it is that some people, actually quite a number of people, aren't built to be in the whole phase. Like people usually talk about the whole phase today as though it's something that everyone has to go through. But the reality of it is there's so many people that are not built for the whole phase. There are people that are only built to have attachments. There's some people that can pair bond and that's it. And there's people that can very easily detach their emotional side from, I guess, their more sexual side, which can allow them to sleep with more people. And that one's not even particularly exclusive to gender. Some babes can do it, some guys can do it, others can't. But the reality of it is you can't assume that everyone can do the same exact thing. Like, I know a babe friend of mine who had pretty much gotten out of a relationship. She seemed to be having a pretty good thing with someone, but her female friends were busy telling her to go and bang more people. Oh, you know, you have to embrace your whole phase. You can't be getting into one relationship, then you get out, then you remain on dry spell, and then you get into another relationship. That's not how it works. And in my head, I'm like, what's wrong with that? Isn't that what people used to do back in the day and they're still doing pretty okay. So the whole belief that the whole phase is this end all be all for people is something that I just don't like at all. But then again, like I said, opinions are like assholes so I will leave it at that and I will move it on to our very next tweet of this episode. When men refer to themselves as alpha males, I hear that in the context of software, where alpha versions are unstable, missing important features filled with flaws and not fit for the public. Okay, to a certain degree, I can get the kind of sense he's giving, but at the same time, this sounds like very toxic information, if I can put it that way. Because the way you're making it seem is that alpha males are a particularly bad thing. Although, I feel like to some degree, alpha males are a part of the red pill movement and they've sort of had their own roles and they sort of helped shape different people along the way. Now, for those of you all that don't kind of get it, like the red pill movement is almost like feminism in that there was like a first wave, a second and a third, which we're in right now. So the first wave was more the pickup artistry where guys were trying to show that they're good because of the ability to pick up babes. And a lot of guys were in their 30s and 40s are kind of the people who went through this stage like they would go out to clubs and they try to pick up babes and go home with them and the more babes they picked up the better they felt then the next sort of stage that came in is the whole self-improvement with like masculinity and dressing and looks kind of phase this was where the alpha m's kind of came in but now this third stage is where the Andrew Tates, the Fresh and Fits, the, the male podcasts are sort of coming in where it's almost like they're doing a lot of bashing to women but at the same time they're sort of saying that an alpha male is supposed to do this, if you don't do this you're a beta blah blah blah. Of which I'm not saying that they're bad or it's a bad thing to be an alpha male, it's just that I think if you identify yourself as an alpha male, there's a certain level of growth that you're still left to sort of get into because a guy that identifies himself as a beta is most probably very underconfident. The so-called alpha male 
will believe that they're confident even though they might be a little overconfident because to a certain degree they are sort of the cubs that look up to the idea of being alpha as the lion and that's what they're trying to be and i guess the part where you grow into that lion you stop trying to refer to yourself as an alpha of sorts and you sort of become this confident person who's confident in who they are and what they can do and is constantly trying to become better at being who they are now that is i guess the level that alphas are left to sort of reach and i guess you could say that yes they are missing some important features and they do have their flaws but saying that they're not fit for the public is not a particularly good thing to say and that's kind of why i heavily disagree with what's been said here do they have room for growth yes are they a problem it depends on what kind of alpha male is there and how they sort of look at it but i will leave it at that and i will move it on so on to our very final tweet of this episode the way society views donkeys versus zebras is an example of how pretty privilege works okay so I feel like I was probably the first to talk about pretty privilege on the internet even though people didn't know about it but either way I'm glad that people sort of pointed out. Now for those of you all that don't know what pretty privilege is it's essentially the unequal advantage that you get for being a good looking person. That's the simplest way to sort of describe pretty privilege and it is something that does affect both men and women because you know guys can also have pretty privilege as well and i believe it beats things like white privilege or the so-called male privilege that some people might say appeals to certain groups of people because this is sort of a universal thing because it, the simplest way to sort of try and describe pretty privilege is think about this very fine babe in say an entry level job or you know in a fairly low level career or a low level workplace who can pretty much end up marrying a super rich dude or being with a super top tier dude simply because she's beautiful and a lot of guys will go for the finest babes because they are the most beautiful and they'll get a lot of passes for a lot of the shit that they'll do because they are beautiful and that's a pretty good example or at least the most clear cut example of what pretty privilege is you can sort of see pretty privilege in the office because an attractive person may not have to do all that much but if the manager notices her or him if you know the manager is gay or a woman then they can also do the same thing and sort of upgrade them a lot more because they seem like they are doing a much better job but it's simply the fact that they're more attractive and they can do the job well now of course all of those are upsides and i guess that is what makes the whole thing about being pretty such a privilege the fact that you can get stuff easier and you can move up faster simply because you are better looking even with guys in relationships it works the same way there's a lot of women that are supporting guys simply because they are very good looking and maybe because they also have good dick along with them being good looking but there are downsides that come with the whole pretty privilege thing that people never want to talk about so like first of all people think that beautiful people are dumb like this has been familiarized with a lot of guys by virtue of the fact that trophy wives exist and i guess a couple of influencers and socialites have sort of made it seem that way like i'll give you a pretty clear example i don't think kim k is a particularly dumb person but when you listen to her talk you tend to think that the only thing that's helped her get ahead is her beauty 
which could be true, could be false, but either way, it's a thing. People will assume and think that beautiful people, good looking people are often daft. On top of that, they'll also think that they're not very sociable and they can't be interesting people. So essentially, they're just boring people at its core. Then on top of that, there's a certain level of hate that you get for being a good looking person. This one's mostly with women because women are mostly sort of having that visual appeal to guys. So if a woman realizes that this younger, possibly good looking babe is getting promoted and not her, there's a certain level of hate that she can develop as well as her co-workers because they think that this good looking person did not deserve the promotion simply because she is good looking. Same thing with guys. But I tend to think that the biggest downside of pretty privilege is the fact that the people that benefit from pretty privilege don't have to do all that much work and when their beauty or at least their pretty privilege goes they actually end up sort of being very short-handed so for example if you end up upgrading or you end up being promoted to a different position not necessarily because you're that good at your job but because you are beautiful and the person above you sort of wanted to bring you up because they liked you if you end up going to that say promoted department or a different department of sorts and the person above you sort of changes to someone of the same gender who doesn't give a shit or someone who just doesn't give a shit about you, you can end up stagnating or you can end up even moving lower, which doesn't really work in your favor, of course. And that's one of the problems that pretty privilege can give you. It can give you this false sense of, of capability and sort of cushion you from a lot of the downside of not being able to perform particularly well. This also applies in relationships because a guy can chase you so hard because they want to be with you so badly and after being with you for a particular level of time, once the whole oh you know she's such a beautiful person sort of fades away, at some point you might end up overhearing that the guy is saying that the sex is boring and you don't perform or banging ugly babes is better than banging finer babes and they end up mistreating you because they wish that stuff was a hell of a lot better than it currently is. But at the end of the day, when this guy was chasing you, he believed that you were this end-all be-all because you were such a beautiful person. And it's a very unfortunate place to be, but it does exist for a lot of guys, so I guess if you're a particularly good-looking person and you have it good, always try to do way better than you think you can, because at the end of the day, you don't know if you're really having pretty privilege or not. Although, then again, I might be wrong or I might be giving very crappy advice, so I want your thoughts on it. The DMs are open on Twitter, it is at BagakaTheD, on Facebook, on IG, it is at Breaktime on our site. Thank you so much for listening all the way till the end, and I will catch you guys on the next break. <laughs>